Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is going on, you guys? Welcome to another episode best ball theory the place where we spend all the time drafting teams on wednesdays like yesterday we talked to super smart people from around the industry like pat crane and and many others we don't do a dedicated show to random little specific strategy elements that we can use to become better best ball players today we're going to talk about how to attack each specific tournament that happens in best ball it's kind of a, a, a new um, element of best ball, right? We've mostly just had one big tournament on each site every single year, right? For the last few years. Now we're getting best ball mania. We're getting the puppy. DraftKings has like 10 tournaments open. Drafters has tournaments. FFPC has tournaments. There's all kinds of different contests for us to attack. And a lot of them all require us to think different about the optimal strategy to apply for that tournament. So today, that is what we're going to get into. How should you attack the puppy? How should you attack best ball mania? How should you draft on drafters? All those things are different, and we'll get into a little bit why. guys this is so funny i'm not doing this but tony has us covered with the voldemort saying do what tony says that which shall not be named is important it does help it does help the channel it doesn't help the channel if i beg for it though so it will forever be voldemort here on spike week no matter what rob no matter what what Rob says. So 
Also, I'm feeling very self-conscious because I think I got my audio and stuff figured out, which I've been struggling with for the last few days. If something is going wrong, if I go muted, if <laughs> if there are issues, please, please let me know. The life of uh, streaming, the things that you're self-conscious about. I, I have to wear my AirPods when I do this because it, it drowns out some of the sound of my voice. And I've done it so many, I've done it, God damn it, Tom, God damn it, Tom. I know I'm not on mute because I can see that I'm not on mute, but I appreciate, that was, that was good. I appreciate it. I respect it, but don't ever fucking do it again. No, seriously. So I have to wear, so like, I'm obviously I'm sitting, I'm, I'm talking to you guys. I'm not talking to anybody. There's nobody in here, right? I can't talk like to my computer screen without the headphones in can't do it physically cannot do it because I've always before the spike week stuff like doing rotor grinder streams and um, like doing the the podcast with blender for DFS doing all the different content and stuff that I've done it's always been communicating with somebody and I just wear the uh, earbuds um, I've pretty much always done the earbuds I've, I've also I did uh, like um, beats and some Bose headphones and stuff. And just for whatever reason, I've always liked the, the earbuds, but I cannot now it's so ingrained. I can't do it. If I don't have these in and I don't have the noise canceling on, it drives me absolutely bonkers to hear the sound of my own voice. So I respect you guys, the people that are watching for listening to, to this, because I can't even listen to the sound of my, my own voice when I'm talking about these these concepts. So I, I am kind of excited for this um, particular episode because I think it calls a little bit back to, as most of you probably know by now, like I kind of come from a DFS background. It's how I got into best ball. Um, you know, I've had a, I played fantasy football my whole life, but I'm certainly, I have not been an FFPC grinder. I haven't played a lot of super serious high stakes main event, all that. I used to play like maybe a main event team or two a year just because I enjoy fantasy football and it was fun, whatever. But I, I never, that's never really been my thing to be a big, um, you know, fantasy football season long grinder. And so I was in the DFS space. I worked in DFS. I played very seriously DFS for many years now. Um, ironically, not quite as much right now at this exact moment because we talk about best ball all day. But Coming from the DFS space, you learn over time how important the contest that you are playing in, the sport that you're playing in, the site that you're playing on, how important all that stuff is in terms of the lineups you should make. Could be show, right? showdown and, and, and even showdown. So tonight's a great example. There's the NBA finals are starting. Showdown on... DraftKings versus whatever FanDuel calls it, showdown, MVP, whatever bullshit. They're like wildly different games, even though it's like, who do you like better on the Celtics and on the Heat? Well, what contest am I playing in? Am I playing in the like the $5 huge whatever DraftKings has like a $15 or $25 Millimaker tonight? Am I playing in that? Or am I playing in like a 25-man field, 50-man field, 100-man field? Am I playing in that? Or am I playing on FanDuel? Right. Um, we have that now with best ball. And honestly, even like last year, we didn't have this specific element of of this game. We obviously had a couple of different sites, right? DraftKings 
excuse me, and um, underdog and drafters. You had FFPC, but to the extent that we have it now and like the menu of options that we have and not just the menu of options like right now through like these tournaments that are open right now, things that are still yet to come, right? Underdog just launched their first puppy. It's going to fill. It's uh, I should have looked at this before. Oh my God, my dark mode turned off. My eyes almost burned out of my sockets. The puppy is 40.5% full already, right? Best Ball Mania for reference is 10.6% full. So the puppy is going to be full in less than a week. Let's call it a week. The strategy that you should employ for a $5 tournament with a different payout structure, different amount of people that make the finals, right? Different amount of advancing, uh, like different advancement structure on a half PPR site is different. It's not only different than a strategy you should employ for Best Ball Mania 3. It's different than a strategy you should employ on DraftKings. It's different, that, right? It, they All these different elements about the specific contest are really, really important to how you should attack them. And it, that doesn't mean that there's one specific way to attack, right? The puppy versus best ball mania or whatever. But what it does mean is you should definitely be thinking when I'm drafting in the puppy. And I think this is probably the lesson among them all. We'll talk, we'll talk for, you know, 50 more minutes, but the lesson amongst everything, if you take away anything from today that I think is the biggest mistake that people make in best ball specifically, probably in fantasy football too, even when you're drafting, you know, say you're drafting multiple home league teams, multiple dynasty league teams, multiple main event teams or whatever. They don't think about like, Oh, I drafted in my home league and I got Justin Jefferson there. So in the main event, Oh, I didn't get him. But like you should hone in on a strategy for that contest. What you, what you are, what you have done and what you will do in best ball mania three should not impact at all what you do in the puppy people will talk about that right so you go to um let's actually just go let's let's just share it and and uh walk through some actual real life examples so here's my here's my underdog page right i go i go to underdog i go to my completed here's what everybody does right i go to my completed completed teams so i've drafted 52 teams for in this between best ball mania and the puppy right so i have 30 best ball mania three teams. I have 22 puppy teams. What people will do is then go straight to exposure. And like, this is their assessment of how, of, you know, their portfolio or whatever. And I understand that. So you see me, right? Gabe Davis, Trey Lance, Darnell Mooney, Miles Sanders, Dante Foreman, David Bell, Kyler Murray, MVS, Brandon Ayuk, Darius Johnson. These are all, this all makes sense to me, right? These are all of, of my guys. You also see Gabriel Davis has $430 of entry fees. Trey Lance, you know, Darnell Mooney has 135. So I bet you can tell really quickly if I go over here and filter that in the $5 Gabe Davis doesn't show up here anymore. Right? Gabe Davis doesn't I mean he's on here somewhere. He's he's not like off the list. But A, I'm personally taking really big stands in in the puppy on certain things whether they're mispriced players or they fit my structures as you see there's not a lot of running backs up here all the running <laughs> look at the running backs isaiah spiller khalil herbert rashad white 
Tyrion Davis Price, Kenneth Gainwell, Rojo, Melvin Gordon, <laughs> Miles Sanders, Dernis Johnson, Tony Pollard, right? So you you see the types. And I'm obviously taking a stand on Trey Lance in the puppy. In Best Ball Mania 3, you can go ahead and look at it. Maybe we can look at it. Hold on. Now let's look at Best Ball Mania 3. You know, Trey Lance is up here, 24%. Daniel Jones is actually my highest. I have Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones over, over Trey Lance. I have... Yeah, running back's fairly similar, but you see a lot of Saquon, right? You actually see Nick Chubb. You see Javante Williams. You see uh, Travis Etienne, right? You do see a fairly similar wide receivers, but Josh Palmer is up here. DJ Moore is up here. Drake London is up here. Justin Jefferson is up here. Albert O is up here. He was not up here. And I don't even know if I've taken Albert O in the puppy, but I was taking, that was a, a miss on me from an ADP perspective. But you can just see some of the differences. And how I'm attacking the two the two tournaments, right? And so, A, you could probably see in the puppy a structural stance I'm taking, right? Versus, versus Best Ball Mania 3, where you see some of those second, third round running backs in here a lot. I mean, you'd probably be surprised to see Nick Chubb. You're probably not surprised to see Javante Williams. Probably not surprised to see Saquon Barkley, if you know me. Miles Sanders, same thing. Um but, you know, some of these running backs that you see on here are guys that aren't up that high on the list in the puppy. But I am I have a belief in what I believe is the best way to attack the puppy specifically. As you saw, I think my bet personally is that Trey Lance is about to rocket ship up in ADP. And given this little pocket of time, I'm just taking him. And that is going to be like part of my Trey Lance stand for the entire summer. Uh, and th- I think the best way to attack this, this specific tournament is Trey Lance. It doesn't mean that I don't believe Trey Lance was part of the best way to attack best ball mania three to start. I mean, you saw he was my third highest own highest own quarterback, but I was taking a, a, a little bit of a different approach at the very start of best ball mania three. Then when the puppy went like, ADP's really locked in. I got really comfortable with how I felt about drafts and all of that. Plus, you also see here, like Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis started with an ADP in like the 70s or 80s in Best Ball Mania 3. So I was just drafting him <laughs> every draft. Like I literally was drafting Gabe Davis in like every single draft. Now in the puppy, I'm still drafting Gabe Davis because I want him. But it's not like a every draft priority until his price corrects type of situation. And honestly, I wish I had drafted more Trey Lance to start um, best ball mania three. It's obviously, you know, I'm sort of taking a pause other than um, shout out uh, Nick Rudman and Peter Overset for the underdog cardio club, which um, I did my first underdog cardio club draft today. And um, I did take Trey Lance, but I, I you know, I, I, I didn't know 100% of what my strategy was when I first started. It takes a few drafts to figure some of that out. Gabe Davis was definitely one. MVS was definitely one. It was actually Daniel Jones. That was one of my, like I was drafting a lot of elite quarterback with Daniel Jones in early best ball mania three drafts. Cause I thought his price was terrible. And I actually still do think his price is terrible, but it was, I've now kind of pivoted in the puppy specifically to this Trey Lance bet, right? That like, 
he's only going to keep rising. And I think since the puppy started, he's gone up like six, six place, six ADP spots. So that bet, and maybe, maybe I'm the one that's doing that. Maybe he's not actually going to go up, but I just keep drafting him. So that's the reason why he's going up. But you know what I mean? That was a bet that I made on a, he's a value. It's not just that he's rising, right? Guys can rise and I don't give a shit. But if guys rise and I think that they're already like, I I believe passionately that they're a guy one in my portfolio for many reasons, including the fact that they're a value, I want to draft them. And so um, I I want, I wanted to bring that up to show like a real life example between two tournaments. And these are two tournaments on the same site with the same scoring structure with fairly similar payout structures, not quite the same. You know, there's no, there's, there's not, you know, quite as uh, much chaos in the puppy as there is in Best Ball Mania. But this one tournament, A is five dollars versus twenty five, which for anyone is, and it's five, it's five x more expensive to draft a Best Ball Mania team. The uh, one that is more expensive is open for the whole summer. So, like, I've drafted 30 teams. I got 120 more to go. The puppy is open for 7 to 10 days. And it is only this little time pocket. And so, I'm going to attack this little time pocket and scoop, for me personally, the picks that I think are all the best and just take stands in that specific tournament. Now, over my entire portfolio, right, we're going to get to August or September. If Trey Lance gets steamed in Best Ball Mania, I'm a little more comfortable Um just having my 15 to 25% Trey Lance or whatever, right? You guys know me. I want to be over, over the field on Trey Lance. Come on. But I'm in, in best ball mania. I'm, I'm more comfortable kind of playing the whole draft cycle as one big contest, right? I am certainly still, he's again, Trey Lance is my third highest on quarterback in best ball mania three. I'm really, really high on Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones in particular. So like, it's kind of like those three guys were like early stands. Then we got to the puppy and I decided that in this particular tournament with this particular draft market, et cetera, et cetera, with this particular price point, with all of that stuff, uh, with the new information that we have, that's another, that's another big thing about the puppy. We have, we already actually have more information than we had when best ball mania started, right? A, you get little things like Jarvis Landry signing, Daryl Williams signing, et cetera. But like we have like Trey Lance is out there practicing. Travis Etienne is out there practicing. Um, Michael Thomas is not, you know, different things like that. We are already at an information advantage compared to when Best Ball Mania opened. So you just take in all these factors and you attack that tournament the best way you think you should attack that tournament. The mistake, like I said, when I first pulled up my screen, everybody does. They just go to their exposure page and they say, this is my best ball portfolio. But like that isn't when you, if you were to play a DFS slate on a Sunday, how you would play the Thunderdome is very different from how you would play a Millie Maker. A Millie Maker is different from how you would play the slant. If, you, if you're familiar with DFS, like a, the $9 slant is actually a very different, even though it's a large field, low dollar tournament, it's actually a very different. Uh, your competitors are different. The ownership is very different. And all of that is that the $3 play action, all of these contests, right? All the way up to the Thunderdome, the luxury box, 
obviously cash games, all of that stuff. Every contest is different and you should play your play style. The best team, the best team that you should play is different in the Thunderdome than in the Millie maker. And thus in best ball, we have that element where, where there are different optimal approaches to each tournament, but we also have even crazier different variables. Like this puppy, A, launched after, and it has a different competitor base based on the price point. But B, it's open for a week in May, in June, in May, late May, early June. It's open. So there are so many elements about this tournament that are just wildly different than every single other tournament that exists. So you should not treat the puppy the same as you treat Best Ball Mania 3, right? What does that mean for you? You know, Tony says our exposures are so different. That's how it should be. You have an approach to how you think is best to go after these tournaments, right? I, I, That's one thing I feel like really passionate about. We're sitting here talking best ball theory, right? That's the name of the show. And my theoretical opinion is that I'm here to like talk through ideas to brainstorm to talk about maybe some experiences or um some uh different concepts that i'm thinking about i don't know they're are they right i really don't know i don't have all the answers i'm not a genius i'm not an expert i'm not any of that but the point is theoretical you should our exposure should be different because you a you won a million dollars last year so um, this might be the, a bad sign for me. Our exposures are very different, and you won a million dollars playing best ball. So uh, maybe you used up all your run good. Maybe this is a good thing. We're going to spin. This is a glass half full show. We're going to spin this into a good thing. You used up your run good last year to get your millie. Our exposures are very different, which means I'm on the right path this year because it's all about to collapse for you, Tony. But you are developing your strategy for the tournaments that you're drafting in and I'm doing the same thing. I see a lot of people just going in and being like, Oh, I like this guy. I like that guy. Or I like this stack. or I like that stack. And then the puppy closes and then they just go look at their exposures for the year. And they're like, Oh yeah, look, I got X percent of this guy, X percent of that guy. Okay. Well, how much do you have in the puppy? Why, why do you have that much in the puppy? I don't know. I liked him that day. I liked him. <laughs> I like, I liked that guy for that week. You know, as opposed to planning out a specific strategy for each contest that you're entering. I did want to run down really quick. I'm also going to share my screen again. And uh, hold on. Oops. All right. Let's go to share this. We're going to talk about a couple of the tournament types and the differences, right? Um, before we do this, let's hit a couple questions. Um, a Jake says, uh, look at that Lance exposure, 63%. Yep. Uh, no comment. We don't need to talk about Trey Lance anymore. Nez, I love using the puppy to get crazy within reason. I love that take actually. It's a great, it's also a great experimental ground. I feel the same way about the $5 on DraftKings. It's like, honestly, <laughs> if I won 50 max, the $5 on DraftKings over the course of this summer, 
So I have 150 out of, you know, 900,000 <laughs> entries. Like, I mean, I'm not going to win a million dollars. And that's okay. But it, it is an experimental ground with very minimal investment that allows me to, to A, do some of these crazy ideas that maybe I don't want to do in Best Ball Mania or another contest and experiment with different things without, you know, I'm not putting that much of my bankroll into play on those. Plus, in that type of contest, it can be more beneficial, particularly on DraftKings. In the DraftKings $5, doing as Best Ball Moderate says here, excuse me, got the hiccups, a lot of exotic constructions, trying out crazy constructions, trying out unique starts, trying out unique players at the end, trying out different stuff. A, it can, like, as long as you're within reason, as Nez said, within reason, it can work, period. If you're good at this, your drafting still stru structurally sound, you're not going reaching four rounds for players, all that kind of stuff, it can work. And this provides a, a ground for you to figure this stuff out. And and so it's a combination of kind of the both of the, the things that we've talked about. It's the perfect place to do some of this stuff. And or I'm now employing a strategy that like, okay, I drafted 30 best ball mania three teams. Now we get into the puppy. And now I'm like, okay, now this is how I feel about it. like Saquon Barkley's my favorite pick. Trey Lance is my favorite pick. This stack is the edge. Or as you saw with mine, it's like it's kind of like Trey Lance and, and zero RB in the puppy is like almost my stand really that's it i'm just drafting all the zero rb candidates and i'm drafting trey lance and then like if those whiff i lose my i'm not going to get to 150 in the puppy so i lose my 50 teams let's just call it 50 i draft 50 puppy teams that 250 dollars out of my best ball uh bankroll is pretty much gone if Trey Lance and like multiple early round running backs are that uh, if Trey Lance fails and multiple early round running backs are just uh, smashes and I probably lose in the puppy and that's fine. But I, as you saw in best ball mania three am doing things in best ball mania three that are a little bit different than the puppy. The structure is different. It's open for so many months. The ADPs were different when it first opened. And so I have, a lot of Saquon. I have a lot of Javante. I even have Nick Chubb. I have, I have Leonard Fournette. I have James Conner. I have a lot of these guys that I'm not drafting in the puppy, but it was a strategic um, choice by me in that tournament that I thought was best given a ton of, a ton of different variables. Plus, like you said, uh, it, the, the, the price point and all of that, knowing that there are going to be more, which we'll get into in a minute, knowing that there are going to be more tournaments, um, allowed me to kind of experiment with something with something like that um yeah david says that exposure is a zero rb wet dream it really it really really is and uh matt's matt says surprised to see trey lance there yeah aren't we all that uh trey lance up there sorry tom i missed i did i did see you post this earlier i missed your question 100 the tom asks 105 dollar drafts or four at 125. What is your preference? This is actually a funny question because if any of you, if any of you know me at all from the DFS space, um, I'm like a single entry to three entry max type player. I play um, 
you know, kind of the higher dollar low entry contests. Um, that is just what my skill set for DFS. I'm not a good like MME player. I've just always had my success in the smaller fields, like almost as small as possible. Like I'm very happy playing in a 50 man field, you know, a hundred man field. Like those are actually probably where I thrive even more so than 500 or a thousand, which a lot of people think those are small. And I, I call those medium. Actually, the small is, you know, like 300 or less, 250 or less or something. And in DFS, that's where I've like made my career or whatever in DFS is through like the four by 125. I'm going to do a three. I'm going to play three teams and whatever that bankroll that makes sense for me across those three teams. That's that's what I'm going to play. However, in best ball, I'm very much the other way. And I and I think that's part of that actually fits really well in today's conversation because I think that's part of understanding the game type a little bit better and maybe either how your skills apply to that game type or just kind of how the game type works a little bit better. Like I get I every week in DFS, if that one like I say I just play the one a one team um, across a bunch of contests, smaller fields, single entry, whatever <clears throat> in DFS. I mean, shit, I got, not only do I have a slate the next week, I got showdown on Sunday night. <laughs> I got showdown on Monday night. I got the primetime slate. I got, there's so many ways to kind of run it back. If you will, you know, you play NBA DFS or MLB DFS just the next day, just move on to the next day. There's another slate in less than 24 hours. So you move on in best ball. I got one year. It like, we're doing all this. It's going to play out in six months, uh, seven months, whatever it is. And that's it. And then we're going to wait a little while. We'll do some bullshit during the off season. We'll do playoff contests. And then we'll come back next May and we'll do this same thing all over again. And I only get that one shot at it. So I prefer to do a hundred five dollar drafts compared to the four because yeah, like I have my stands, I have my takes, I have my structures and everything that I like, but I can't even in this in a snake draft format implement them how I would want to. Um, you know, there's just nuances to a snake. There, like in DraftKings, I get to pick my players. There's a salary cap. There's no one else in my draft with me. In in best ball, that is not the case. If I want, if I want 100% Kyler Murray on on my teams, and I do four drafts, I'm not gonna get him on all of them probably, unless I reach like crazy, in which I'm probably then making minus EV teams. You know what I mean? So um, it's funny because I'm very different in the best ball space than I am uh, like in, in in DFS. Also, would you stop with this Najee 101 thing? God, you're killing me. Um. We'll hit it again. We'll hit some some of these questions. Tony asks, there's a $20 tournament on DraftKings where there won't be too many 150 maxers. This is a real, this is really interesting because I think there's going to be a lot of 150 maxers in that $5 because it's just so easy to do. Um, and and when I say a lot, I don't know because you know, I don't think the you know the mega sharks, the super sharks on on uh, DraftKings are gonna maybe they'll come in and just auto draft. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many people will come in and do the 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 $5 but I know that it's going to be a lot more cuz even you know Joe Schmo off the street 
can come in and draft 150 teams in the $5. And it probably doesn't like impact him financially. You know, the, when you quadruple that cost, it does become more prohibitive to most people. And, and then having one contest, that's a Millie maker and then having another at a $5 price point and then having another tournament at $20. Like I'm not, I don't know how they're going to fill that $20 tournament. So to your question, how I am going to approach it doesn't mean doesn't mean this is right wrong or indifferent I'm still sort of barbelling the five dollar on DraftKings because I th- I think the ADP is so bad I'm trying to withhold my bullets because I don't want to go too crazy to start but I think the ADP is so 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 bad and the drafts are so soft on DraftKings that I am trying to attack that $5 with just how big of a field it is, how big the final is going to be, you know, a thousand people in the final, all that stuff. I'm trying to attack that a good bit more attacking the early variance and the softness of the market. Now, what I, what I will say is I do know based on, and you know, this too, Tony, that last year, it wasn't like the market got really strong on DraftKings last year um, in August. It was just bad <laughs> all year round. Absolutely all all year round. It was horrible. Like I remember um, texting with my former boss, and he was just like, "Why did I draft any DraftKings teams before like August or before like the week before the season?" Because it didn't get sharper and then you get the information advantage. So to your question on the, the, the $20 thing with the $5, there's still inherent advantage in um, the uncertainty of the early part of the off season, right? It's variance is a roll of the dice. I got a little like cube here. Uh, if I roll this, maybe it comes up on one side and um, the cam Akers situation hits for me. Right, I just so happen to have Daryl Henderson and a bunch of my early teams on DraftKings, but because that contest is so top heavy, it is so huge, and the tournament final is going to be so huge. I really want more shots at the early super team. I get right. I get the the Cam Akers injury. I get the Travis Etienne injury. I get the J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards injury. I get that stuff, and it works out for me with my early super teams versus the late teams that don't have access to that, to, to uh, that situation. And so that versus the $20, I kind of want to see how the overlay situation goes. I personally, my bet is I don't, I don't see a lot of people really jumping to play in that tournament. And the $5 is going to take so long to fill because it needs a million, almost a million entries to get in there that I'm going to kind of, almost barbell it with like the $5 is my early part of the barbell. And the $20 is like the late part of my barbell on DraftKings specifically, if that makes sense. Um, like that's not necessarily right, wrong, whatever, but I'm trying to think about it um, through some different lenses like that. Tom says, I'm a single entry guy in DFS, but in best ball, I just want to draft a lot. Yep, I'm the same. I mean, the drafts, it's fun. That's like the 
let's see the part is we're sitting here talking about strategy on one is it the second what is today my watch changed face yeah the second june 2nd and we're talking about you know best ball strategy for this for the puppy and the dk five dollar and the big dog and ffpc and drafters we're talking about all this shit at the end of the day like this is fun this is a hobby for all of us like i'm not going to be a professional best ball player uh maybe tony and liam are but i'm not going to be a professional best ball player so like just i want to enjoy this and the great joy is doing the drafting part because you get done with the draft every draft right i autoed uh, so I, I mentioned the underdog cardio club thing right so i take my dogs i was i was, I was going to do it that's what i'm going to do because i walk the dogs every day I'm going to walk the dogs and do a draft, which I do all the, like very frequently, but now I can just use that as my cardio club post to Twitter and get a sweet tank. So I set out, right. Get the watch on, uh, get the earbuds in, you know, got a podcast going, get the dogs out there, fire up the draft. We start walking. Also when you, when I, when I leave the house, right, we go, you I go out to the right and I start to go, go around the corner. We live like at the back of the subdivision, like not on a cul-de-sac, but like in between two cul-de-sacs. And so like when we, when you go out, I have to like literally like, it's like a fork in the road kind of, I have to pick a way to go back out towards the front of the subdivision with the dogs. And the Wi-Fi still lasts for, till I like get to the corner. Well, we get out there where, you know, we, we walk our first little bit dog, takes a leak and, and uh, sniffing around and stuff. And like, I was just so happy to be like at the tipping point when my pick came about of, are we on the Wi-Fi? Are we not on the Wi-Fi? And I have really bad service generally kind of like right around that area. And so I came on the clock and I could just couldn't do anything. <laughs> I just absolutely could not do anything. And so I'm trying, like, I can assure you, I wasn't trying to draft Derrick Henry. I'm trying to draft zero Derrick Henry. Certainly in best ball mania, I'm trying to draft zero Derrick Henry and I get auto drafted Derrick Henry. So now I'm pissed. It's going to be a bad walk, but you know, I try to turn it around. I try to turn it into a team. I still like, but to Tom's point, I, like that shit happens too in DraftKings uh, or in DFS. You might have, you know, you forget to upload your CSV or whatever, something like that. But you don't have the the stupid situation like that happening where like if I did four teams instead of 100 and that was one of my four, I'd be tilting my face off. Like I don't want any Derrick Henry on those teams. And it wasn't even like I wasn't trying. I was actively trying to do the draft and it just didn't work out. So anyway, you get my point. Eric says uh, another Eric. Shout out to this Eric. Eric, I will. I cannot pronounce that last name. Gagliardi. Gagliardi. Gagliardi? Yeah. You're in uh, this. this I, we went through this last year where uh, it's uh, there's less Pauls this year, but there was a, a point in time last year where if you're new, A, thank you. But B, there was a time where the chat was only Pauls and Eric's commenting. And so it became almost a little bit of a meme. Um, also, never any Eric's with a K. Only me. I'm the only Eric with a K. 
So anyway, Eric says the 20 rounds on DK makes getting unique structure wise way easier. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like not even close, actually, how 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 much easier and simpler it is to get different on on DK and still make a good team, right? It's one thing that's a mistake a lot of people make too is uh, if you draft a lot of teams, you start to like get bored building the same, building the same structure, maybe drafting some of the same players, whatever. And that that's like a human element of this thing is like, well, I drafted a, another zero RB team. It's like, uh, you know, is this next time? What am I going to do? If I, am I going to draft? Oh, yep. Another fucking zero RB team. Oh, cool. Kyler Murray. Hollywood Brown and zero RB sweet Khalil Herbert again, you know, like the, it, it, that, that happens, but so it's a, it's a skill to not like succumb to, to, uh, getting too crazy and like now just drafting different to draft it. Like drafting different is thinking different is very good. Drafting a fucked up structure that doesn't make any sense just to be different is actually horrible. You're one of the people paying the rake, but on DK with the 20 rounds, a, I never feel pinched on DK. Like, Oh man, if I don't take a wide receiver here, it might get tight. If I don't take this quarterback here, well, maybe the quarterback thing, people love their quarterbacks on DK, but uh, you know what I mean? If I don't take Kyler here, like uh, I feel like I'm going to get pinched at the position. I just never, the drafts are so soft and the ADP is so bad. I never feel um, too bad on, on DraftKings, which in turn makes me able to implement structures that maybe I wouldn't do um, on underdog, obviously because of the 18 rounds, but um, there's just a lot of perks to doing that. But you know, that's why we do it on DK as opposed to perfect segue into this we are doing those kinds of things on dk because it's a different environment and the tournaments are different so this dude look at this dude what do you think what do you think you're doing look at this do you see this he might lay down right here nope not laying down i don't know what's going on watch out 20 minutes 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Okay, let me share this back again. Oh, that's not what we're going for. There we go. They love to rough house, David. They are energetic. Now he's put he's going he's he's going back to get on the screen. Um they're energetic 75 pound husky shepherd mixes. They are also brothers from the same litter. They love to play this also when the the times that I stream is also always when they seem to catch an, an, a wave of energy. And that's when they play, chase each other. Um, you know, so it, they sound very vicious probably sometimes in the background. Like they'll be wrestling around over here. And it probably to a, an average person, it looks like they're beating the shit out of each other. But um, they are not. That's just how they play. They're funny. Yeah, great, great point by Eagles. Don't say the word walk uh, when dogs when dogs are around. Um, okay, 
Nick says on DraftKings, I like the hyper fragile builds, not necessarily three in a row because you can still realistically get 10 or 11 wide receivers and the PPR makes it more likely you'll be covered. It's also way softer ADPs on the wide receivers. I totally agree. It's funny that, uh, you know, DraftKings is more PPR. And I, I draft all structures on DK too. But the the thing that, that's big, that's so drastically different is that I can take Saquon or whatever in the second or third round, Javante in the second or third round. I can even take a running back in the first round that I don't love. Like, I, honestly, I'm not really drafting the first, excuse me, the first round running backs that aren't named Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. I'm really not drafting any of them. But I can take Austin Eckler and never feel pinched at wide receiver because I'm just always still going to have wide receivers I really like. You know, probably tight ends too. We'll see it. Quarterback's always the trickiest part of DraftKings. But um, I totally agree. Also totally agree with this. Matt, a few things better than having two dogs. They are the best sometimes. They're brothers. So uh, that leads to some... Um, I say that, you know, they mostly just play around. And that is true. They mostly do. But uh, uh, every once in a while, I mean, they're 75 pounds. They'd kill me. They, they could kill me right now if they wanted to. They're so strong that uh, sometimes they don't know their own strength. So tournament, let's talk really quick for the last little while about the different tournaments that like are available to us. And maybe like you guys can have some ideas. I'll have some ideas like how we approach some of the different things, because they're, they're so drastically different. It really is crazy. And we talked about some of it, right? So the breadwinner of the whole best ball space, the big thing that we, uh, everybody's striving for, you know, it's the big uh, marketing push is best ball mania three on, on underdog. So huge field, second biggest field tournament that exists as of now in, in best ball, $25 price point. So you're not getting, you know, you're getting casuals, but not quite, you know, there's not a lot of casuals drafting 150 teams at a $25 price point. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a fairly serious group, relatively speaking for a field, for a field that size, the, uh, you know, payout structure. We've talked about that. We did, a. Um, go back on the channel if you want to get a little bit more of an in-depth discussion on the the payout structure. Um, we streamed dra multiple drafts in Best Ball Mania Three when it first came out and talked about the payout structure and like the the regular season prize and all of that kind of stuff. But they have a uh, an interesting you know payout structure, but it's also um, like most tournaments, extremely top heavy to you know so to week seventeen. Basically, everything that you care about from a monetary perspective comes in week 17 that's going to be a trend here amongst almost all of this obviously we'll get the drafters in a second um the big thing for best ball mania is it's the tournament that is going to be open from may 2nd till we'll see if it fills i don't know i have no i'm not putting out a projection on that we'll see if it fills so that's a huge massively important element to this which again, we'll get to the puppy and what that means with the puppy. The difference between the puppy and Best Ball Mania 3 is massive. And so how do you approach a tournament that has a higher price point? Payout structure is a little bit different. Uh, your competitors might be a little bit different. And it's open for four months 
instead of a week. Right? It's open for the whole off season as opposed to the week. Next tournament tournament type is like a one of the large field DraftKings contests, which we just talked a little bit about. Tony asked about the $20, but it would be like the $5 on DraftKings, the $20 on DraftKings. Um, I think they have another one to what the $3 20 max. Um, those, those kind of tournaments, they might, they, I don't, I don't, I don't suspect they'll launch another one, but you know, it's in, it's in the cards. Very, very, very similar to best ball mania three. Um, mostly lower price points in particular, the $5 Millie maker that they have. Um, so I would even probably, if I actually went back and reclassified this slide, I would say I would have the $5 as one. And then um, the other large field thing, because we just talked about the $20 versus the $5, but you kind of, kind of get the gist. We're talking about DraftKings has basically large field tournaments that are also open for the whole off season. And then they have next bullet, small field tournaments that are also open for the whole uh, off season, except you can never fill those drafts, (laughs) except maybe the single entry contest. Um, I haven't actually tried. Uh, I've just been focused on some of the other tournaments, but you know, you have, they have a $2,000 tournament. They have a $555 tournament. They might launch more. We'll see last year. They were doing a hundred and $200 single entries. So there's just a lot of options on DraftKings, especially from the, uh, from both large field and small field, but how you treat like, right. All of those are different. They're different. You might even lump the, uh, small field stuff together. Problem with that is you might be able to fill a 555 uh, tournament on DraftKings right now. You're not going to fill a $2,000 tournament. So that's like another different thing. If you want to play in the 2K tournament, it's probably going to be August. <laughs> so um, hold on a couple more, couple more questions. Jordan had some good questions here. Uh, oh, there's multiple good questions here. DJA dog 3K. Like DJ Augustine? Dog? DJ, you're DJ Augustine's dog? Um, terrible. That was terrible. Cut that. Cut that out. Does DraftKings have single entry tournaments in the medium stakes? Um, so right now it's just a... You guys are going to have to correct me because I haven't been drafting on DraftKings and so I'm forgetting it's like a $15. Oh, yeah. Jordan says a $15 single entry, I think. Not really medium stakes, but it's that or the $200, I believe. Last year, they ended up having multiple. They kept rerunning the 100 and 100 and or 200 dollar single entry on DraftKings. So I would suspect that that happens again. Who really knows with DraftKings? They launched so many contests, it was really surprising. But uh, I would suspect something like that. That happens again, uh, DJ Augustine. Uh, Jordan also says, I desperately want to draft three at the onesie positions on DraftKings. I think maybe I need to push back on that, but the softness of the environment overall makes my running back wide receiver feel so good relative to underdog. I don't really have a problem with that. I, I mean, I don't really have a problem with that. I, w- I, I haven't, I haven't uh, like built out my super, super firm like structure takes on DraftKings yet. It's still something I'm... I'm working on, um, which I think I think I hit fifty in the five dollar already. So I should probably have better advice uh, to give on that. But I but I actually I but I do I do think 
um, that that's something you could do a hundred percent. But what I, the only thing I would say is, you know, if you are still taking the Josh Allen's and certainly Josh Allen, but the Mahomes, Herbert, Kyler, Lamar, etc. Um, I don't think I would like force that, that line of thinking. Um, and, and similarly with the tight ends, not that you can't do it with those guys, but, um, it's not just about how you feel about that group of wide receivers and running backs. It's about, um, you know, what you, what do you win when you win? Right. What do I win when Kyler is the guy I want to have in the playoffs? Mac Jones or Kenny Pickett are not valuable on that team right now. If you wait, and maybe maybe you feel a little skittish on Trey Lance, and Trey Lance is your QB one. Okay, we take Trey Lance, and we take Daniel Jones, and we take Mac Jones. Okay, that looks a little bit better. But like, take Josh Allen. I probably don't want. I like if I need Kenny Pickett or Mac Jones, and I kind of like Mac Jones a little bit. If if you if you need Kenny Pickett or Jared Goff, you know, or those guys on a Josh Allen team probably just shouldn't have fucking taken Josh Allen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, that's kind of how I feel about that thing. Nerd Rage 2012 says, if you could go back in time and redraft last year's perfect roster, would people laugh and would people laugh at you and say, dude, are you reaching? Fun fact, man, you just set up a beautiful, beautiful uh, segue into I'm posting this in the chat. Our very own Silas Jackson at Spike Week did this exercise and reverse engineered last year's perfect best ball team. It was specifically focused on underdog, but it's close. It's actually a close enough parallel on the other sites as well and how you would go about doing it. And um, actually you weren't really reaching. You could do, you could basically just draft the stone cold nuts like if you just had the one, two turn and you just took JT and Eckler and then you just took cup and chase and then you just took Josh Allen, Mark Andrews, whatever it all happened to align uh, pretty perfectly. So it's a, it's a great question though, because sometimes that might be true. It was not true last year though. It's funny how it, that worked out last year. Um, I'll get to this at the end, Tom. Okay, so let's run through the last little bit of tournament types. I know that's how it goes with me. We end up rambling a little bit. So we hit the like underdog big. We hit kind of the big um, tournaments that are open, the biggest tournaments that are open over the course of the whole summer, right? And each of those required their own specific way to approach them, right? Because in Best Ball Mania 3, in that DraftKings $5, like I talked about earlier, you get th- there's a... Drafts are open for the entire summer. So A, you need to plan out a strategy for when you're drafting, right? And you can also go to Spike Week and see I wrote about when you when you should draft. Other people have also written about it too. But specifically for each tournament, exactly how much you draft and when will be different because you're you're trying to take advantage of potential ADP um you know gaps, things, things that are the market is wrong about. Right, you saw at the beginning when I show my best ball mania three exposures that I believed the market was wrong about the very original ADP for Gabe Davis. 
happen to be right about that one. I also believe the market was wrong about the very original ADP for Albert O. I was wrong about that one. Then in the puppy, it was like, okay, the market has gotten smarter on those guys now that I'm starting the puppy. Now, the big thing that I think the market is wrong about, Trey Lance, right? So you see 60% Trey Lance. So I'm, I'm, we're doing all of those types of things. And it's not just player takes. It can be structural too, right? I mean, you saw zero RB in the puppy very heavily, a lot more anchor and maybe dual running back in Basketball Mania 3. Move on to drafters. This is like the the one that's the most different. I think I've only drafted 10 teams on drafters. I should have pulled this up. Sorry. Um, I think I've only drafted 10, 10 teams. 11. I've drafted 11 teams on drafters. And um, I don't have a, I don't have an awesome take on where I stand because I actually drafted most of those in the first in the first few days that they opened. But obviously, the huge difference in this is that a it is open like those first three bullets. It is open for the whole summer, right? But it is a cumulative scoring format. So basically, all these other tournaments are. Win your league, advance to the playoffs, and then it's three tournaments from there, right? Weeks 15, 16, and 17 are tournaments, and all the money is in week 17, which is fun. I love the format. But it's so drastically different from drafters. And so understanding that, you need to deploy a different strategy, right? You need to deploy a different strategy on when you draft. You need to deploy a different strategy on what structures you're drafting, even what players you're targeting. I talked about this. Um, I've talked about this multiple times. I wrote about this. I'm like, whatever on James Conner. I like him fine. I have him ranked higher than probably like ADP on underdog and, and DraftKings, and I'm mixing him in. I'm very big on that week 17 game. Um, so I'm certain I, like, I, I, I just really like the Cardinals period. And I like that game in week 17. So I'm not avoiding James Conner on underdog and on DraftKings right now. However, on drafters, I actually like him, even though I like the week 17 game, I actually kind of like James Conner more because you can get rewarded for that back. That is elite while healthy and you have less of the risk of the injury thing. Like James Conner misses a few games. It's probably ba- it should be baked into your projection. You should not have him <laughs> built in for 17 games. You have him built in for 14 games or whatever. But that's fine on drafters. Fine. Like fine is a relative term. You're not hoping for it. You want all your players to play every game. But the players you target on drafters can be different and should be different than who you draft um, in Best Ball Mania 3 and on DraftKings in the contests that are open right now. FFPC, as we move into another different format, is much more similar to Best Ball Mania and DraftKings, but obviously it is tied in premium. It is also a very different drafting environment. If you watched uh, my good friends at Ship Chasing last night, they did an FFPC Best Ball Draft, and you will see that the ADP is wildly different not just because it is tied in premium, which it tied in premium for those that don't understand is that it's full point PPR on FFPC, but it, uh, tight ends get 1.5 points per reception and everyone else gets one. So 
that helps lev- level out the playing field of tight ends and the other position positions. I do think people go way too far um, on the tight end premium thing, but I'm not an FFPC expert. I'll leave that to the, to those, to those guys, but you have another format, right? That has a different scoring structure that has um, different. It's, I don't want to say easier. It is um, okay. It is, it is easier to like make the final on FFPC. I believe the current uh, best ball tournament is 60 is a 60 man final 60 teams. Shouldn't say man 60 team final. So, you know, it's a, it's a little bit easier to advance and it's a little bit easier when you get to that final. What does that mean? Right. We have to deploy a different strategy for tight end premium, different, very different ADPs, smaller final, all those different things. When I draft on there, I shouldn't just go in again to the point earlier about puppy versus best ball mania. I can't just go in and say, this is part of my overall best ball portfolio. I have to apply a strategy to FFPC contests and that FFP. It's also different, right? My main event teams are, should look different than my FFPC best ball teams. Um, for those of you who don't know, main event is the big season long tournament on FFPC. And so, there's it's it's those last two in particular drafters and FFPC are so wildly different, but I don't, I actually don't think people like if you really wanted to draft best ball mania three, just like the puppy and kind of just whatever, I'm just going to take underdog the whole summer of underdog and draft it in a certain way. I don't think that's what you should do, but if you, Can you hear me now? Hopefully we're good. My mic went out again. This fuck. I, I told you at the top, we made it all, all. We almost made it all the way to the end. And I told you that I was self-conscious about the audio issues and we lose it. So the puppy, um, last two bullet points and then we'll get out of here. The puppy is the, like actually even more so than drafters and FFPC is the, the most different one. And it's, which sounds crazy because it's on a site that we already have tournaments and we're going to have the most tournaments uh, and the most money on. Uh, yeah, exactly. GA says, I-, I thought my headphones went out. So did I. So did I. Uh, <laughs> gotta love. Gotta love technical difficulties. If you didn't watch Best Ball Bros yesterday with Pat Corrine, please do. He has cursed me with technical difficulties. I'm certain of it. It's Pat's fault. <laughs> it is a hundred percent Pat's fault. Uh, but it was also a really funny episode because uh, I couldn't even make it through the intro without laughing because uh, of when Pat shows up and we're having all these camera and uh, I'm having audio issues and he's having, <laughs> he's having camera issues and like the, uh, there were sirens and there's construction his, he, at one point, spoiler, at one point, Pat is holding his dog on his lap. So he's sitting in his desk chair. His dog was barking, wouldn't stop barking at something outside. 
and he's holding like holding his dog in his lap who's like not that much smaller than my dogs and the dog is laying his head on uh, i forget what um uh, Pat's dog's name is, so I apologize, Pat, is still looking out the window, like around Pat's like neck, and is like barking at the window. And Pat is just like unfazed and just like talking about like Derek Henry or whatever. And I'm and I'm just like staring at the dog like in amazement. Like I love you know, you guys know me, I love dogs and stuff. And I, I like I said, I don't even really remember what he was talking about. I just remember the I just remember the the dog Murphy. Thank you, David Murphy. So Murphy is literally on Pat's lap, like head, like wrapped around him, still looking out the window, even though he's like trying to get, you know, the dogs get excited or whatever. You're trying to calm them down. And uh, Murphy is still barking, whatever. And Pat is, he never even stopped speaking. He was just like, yeah, so Derek Henry, you know, he's turning 29 or whatever. And he's like, oh, oh. Uh, he's doing this. And he's just, he just, he never even flinched when the dog is on top of him and barking. So anyway, uh, yeah, it really was. It really was all time. Technical difficulties, background noise. My dogs are like fighting in the background. Murphy is on Pat's lap or barking at this. It was fucking anarchy. Absolute anarchy. Um, so I will get to it, David, one second. So the puppy um, will kind of lump the puppy and the future tournaments into one thing that I think is a, uh, a hugely important, right? So we're in this, we're in this weird new element of best ball and fantasy football period where we're going to get all these tournaments that come out over the course of the summer. And they're only in this little pocket of time, right? The pup, this first puppy is going to fill in a week at the end of May and early June. So we'll look back you know, certainly later this off season, but absolutely during the regular season playoffs, whatever. And there's going to be guys, ADPs that were terrible players that got hurt. All of this stuff, just natural Jamar chase has the drops and he, you know, he goes down around an ADP that you doesn't occur in this particular tournament and will not occur to the final bullet in the future tournaments puppy two puppy three maybe they run super flex um maybe they run another backyard best ball maybe they run another rookies and sophomores maybe DraftKings does come out with what people are asking about uh two hundred dollar single entry that's only like a thousand people that is only oh, <laughs> that closes in like three days all of those tournaments that are self-contained in a pocket of time are so drastically different because best ball mania three part of your strategy has to be no matter how you're approaching the tournament it has to be the fact it has to factor in the fact that the tournament is for the whole offseason opened on best ball mania three opened on may 2nd and it will close the day of week of of the first game assuming it um, doesn't fill before then that is we're gonna have the, the things that we will be talking about then, right? We will, we will, if hopefully you're still here with me, <laughs> hopefully I'm still streaming on the night of week uh, of, you know, the first Thursday night football game, we will look back at the things that we're talking about right now on June 2nd and laugh our asses off. Be like, Oh yeah, that guy got hurt. That guy got hurt. That guy got cut. Right. 
like oh everybody's jamming Brashad Perriman. He got cut. Uh ETN hurt. Akers hurt. Michael Thomas, guess what? Hurt. Um Trey Lance backup. Uh, you know, and on down the list. There's gonna be just all these things that happen, and that's fine, but we need to factor in the chaos of the offseason to like all these right ffpc on up to best ball mania three the chaos of the offseason has to be a part of your strategy however you want to go about that is totally fine but it has to be a part of the strategy these other ones it's one like the puppy one this current puppy is a one week snapshot a one week time pocket in late may early June where we don't know shit. ADP will have gotten a little bit better, you know, certainly compared to early best ball mania three, but it's going to get more efficient in puppy two. It's going to get more efficient. And, you know, like I said, that DraftKings $200 single entry will have more efficient ADP than we have right now and on down the list. So you can't just do what we did at the top. Right? I'm trying to uh, close this. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Technical difficulties. You can't just go do what we did at the top where you go here at the end of the summer and you say, look at this. This is my exposure. Because if you if you have... 30% Trey Lance and it's all sixth round Trey Lance and you didn't draft, you haven't drafted him now when he's ninth and 10th round Trey Lance. That's a very different, your, this screen that I have up right now, yours will be very different. It may look the same with the amount of entry fees, the percent drafted or whatever, but it is not telling the actual story about how you're going to win that tournament. How are you going to win the puppy? We're going to get to the puppy three or whatever, right? We're going to get to like a puppy that gives away a million dollars first place. I don't know. I'm, I'm exaggerating. We're going to get to a contest later that we're going to have so much more and so much different information. And we have to approach that differently. And, and we certainly have to approach it differently than Best Ball Mania 3 now. We have to approach it way differently than this first puppy where this is, we, we, we don't know what we don't know right now. We don't know, but you, you have to approach the market as it stands right now, figure out your angle and attack that tournament. And I think that's, um, I said it at the top. I think that is the biggest like flaw probably that people make. We can spend all summer talking about specific players, structures, zero RB, robust RB, Trey Lance is a backup. You know, we can spend all summer talking about all that bullshit. You could just really draft off of ADP with a very basic strip. If I just said draft a two, six, eight, two team, keep it as keep it fairly close to ADP, your team's really not going to be that much worse than any than 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 anybody else's. Is it gonna be worse? Probably. But is it gonna be that much worse? Not particularly. But if you don't know how to attack individual contests, 
it's kind of like we did a show the last time we did this. I think it was last time we did this because we had to have a week off because I had more fucking audio issues. Pardon my French. Was about how do I how do I draft well? It's like we the whole fantasy football space just spends the whole time talking about the shit that actually matters the least. Like your take on which fifth round player is the best player. I don't know. It it doesn't really matter. Do you prefer Allen Robinson or Gabriel Davis? I don't know. I mean, I, I, we all have our takes, but what really matters is how do I figure out how to apply those kinds of concepts, structure, player takes, all that stuff, to an individual tournament, right? Because they all have such different variables. And how do I become a good drafter, right? That stuff, that, like, like, do that. If you can do that, whether you know the historical advance rates of three tight end teams, honestly, that doesn't matter. So um, hit a couple, hit a couple of, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit mainly this one because I prefer to talk about dogs than really anything else. David asked, what are my dog's names? So, um, uh, oh, I don't have it up yet. Well, A, you can see the picture of them also. You can see that over my, over my shoulder on uh, so you see them in live action and you also see a picture my wife got me to put on the bookshelf. Um, my favorite, so I'll, t- I'll, I'll just tell the full story. Uh, my wife and I wanted to get a dog. Um, I actually didn't grow up with dogs, interestingly enough. Um, we just didn't have them when I was growing up. I played tons of sports. My sister played sports. I just have one sister. My dad was a high school football coach and owned his own business. It's like he was like never home. My mom had a job as well. And uh, it's like we just didn't have the capacity to to take care of another living being. And so we didn't really have pets growing up. Um, My wife was a huge, has had dogs her whole life, huge dog lover, um, convinced, basically convinced me to get a dog um, in my, you know, mid-ish 20s. And uh, I fell in love. My wife's parents' neighbor, their dog had puppies. They had like eight or nine puppies or something like that. We were going to get one. So um, we go out to see him. We pick out a puppy. We went on vacation afterwards. And our plan was to come back from vacation. And we were going to swing by uh, my wife's parents' house and pick up our dog, right, that we had adopted um, because they needed to get a spin a little bit older. So we do that, show up. They got two dogs. Two, we we were only getting one. They got two. And she says, uh, she, my um, wife's mom, says that they didn't have a, an, a, you know, an adopter for this uh, other, my wife is literally walking down here as I'm telling the story, telling the story about uh, how we got the dogs, people were asking. So um, we didn't plan to get two, but one of the other pups did not have um, someone that was going to adopt them, adopt him. And so 
my mother-in-law just brought the dog in and like we get in there and just like hands me this cute little adorable puppy and is just like oh yeah can you guys just like watch him for a little bit like it's just a couple days or something you know just so till we find somebody or whatever and like come the fuck on i wasn't gonna take this whatever however many month old dog back to our house and like keep him for whatever a week two weeks and then like give him to somebody else but clearly she knew what she was doing we fell for the whole the whole trap but the first dog that we were originally going to get my um it's funny because we talk about football all the time but probably my one of my few few favorite athletes as you see some of them on the wall but um ken griffey jr was like my guy um i still got i got a poster over here i'm trying to get up on the on the wall of ken griffey jr um that was my one of my favorite athletes ever my favorite baseball player ever and so uh griffey is one of is one of my dog's uh my dog's names and then the other one his brother is who we actually had not planned to adopt and my father-in-law nicknamed him because he or nicknamed him named him because uh he was a holy terror and crazy and all over the place and he looked very 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 much like the tasmanian devil we called him taz so it's griffey and taz are my two dogs names so you got the full story now you know exactly how i how i got my dogs um perfect end perfect end to uh Perfect end to uh, the show is me getting to talk about my dogs instead of talking about, about fantasy football. Thank you for hanging out. Um, tomorrow, we're back in the draft streets. The fun part. I know this is like, I like to nerd out and talk about the strategy stuff. But tomorrow, we will be drafting a team. Same time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, I'm, we're, I need I need, to, I need all of us. You know, Underdog has been stealing the show, dropping dropping puppies they had best ball mania or whatever drafters is a company i'm really excited about i'm really excited about their format i'm excited about their tournament that has a million dollar prize pool so we're getting back into the drafters streets we talked a little bit about them today in terms of how crazy different the strategy is um and i like figuring out those different strategies so tomorrow 5 p.m eastern we'll be back here drafting a team on drafters and i may or may not be giving away a free ticket to the drafters tournament we'll see i don't know we'll see i'll see you guys tomorrow